and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And we're back. Back. In quarantine. Still in quarantine. Um, I assume the next few episodes will be in quarantine for a while. Um, Not that it really matters. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, you know what's a great thing to do during quarantine? Listen to podcasts and play video games. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's Easter. We're recording this on Easter. Oh, yeah, it's Easter. Happy Easter (laughs) or happy Passover, depending. Yeah. The only um the only reason I remember is because it's an event in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I will say I have a friend who shall not remain named who like blew off hanging out with us in person on Friday in order to like collect cherry blossoms in the Animal Crossing Cherry Blossom Festival. And by yeah. in person I mean not actually in person, but like a Google chat hangout that we do weekly during the quarantine. Yeah. Uh, um, so you know that's fine if you really like Animal Crossing that much like it's it's fine I'm sure there will be other <laughs> other opportunities to hang out in meat space yeah uh, eventually yeah so I it Easter is normally um, my husband's family does like a huge camping trip every year to like one of the national parks and everybody like hangs out together on the beach and like eats really good food. Uh, but obviously that's not happening. So instead, like everybody got together. Uh, they've been they've been practicing their Zoom meet uh, technology. So to make God, sure I hate that Zoom. like yeah, yeah. Think- Zoom is like declining rapidly in in uh, okayness. But for this. Uh, for this purpose, I think, you know, it's Easter today. We'll use it, and then they probably won't use it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we have a we have a Zoom date with all of them later uh, in the afternoon to, like, say Happy Easter. I'm going to try and as best I can to, like, recreate the Easter brunch that we would normally have there. So, like, do some scrambled eggs and, and hash browns and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Easter camping trip, like that sounds like a good, a good family tradition. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's the, the cool thing is that it's like his entire like extended family and family friend network. So it's like 40 people. Um, Well, on, on more crowded years, it's probably like less on the, you know, that when, depending on who can make it, but um, there's like a, there's a big like group tent that's uh, like an old like pop-up garage basically that gets put together where all the like seating and food is put. And one of the people who comes regularly is a retired caterer. So she makes sure that like we have really freaking great food the whole time. Nice. And so, yeah, it's like five-star dining on the beach and that's great. And Asteek Island is like a national park that's got uh wild ponies so sometimes you see wild ponies on the beach amazing yeah that's pretty fun we don't (laughs) we don't get to go every year because it's expensive to get plane tickets across the coast but yeah um when we when we do get to go it's uh it's a lot of fun it it also depends hugely on when easter falls 
because yeah. Easter moves around the calendar. And if you have it too early in the year, it's freaking cold on the beach. Yeah. I was thinking like this year would be a great year. Yeah, no, it's like mid-April. Yeah. But no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll just have a video chat. Yeah. I The only really memorable Easter that I think I've ever done was, um, God, like, nine years ago because i had just turned 21 my mom and i took like a mother-daughter trip to quebec city and it happened to fall on easter like we didn't plan it it was just like oops we're gonna be in canada on easter so we went to like the oldest church in north america to their easter mass so i was in a catholic church i was not raised catholic was it a catholic church at a french language easter mass <laughs> uh, that's fun which was i don't think i've ever felt so out of place anywhere in my life yeah. but it was really cool so that's my only real interesting easter story yeah there's nothing quite so like uncanny valley as as human with human gatherings go as going to someone else's church service um, yeah because like I am not a religious person, but I had some religious friends go growing up where we'd be like, you know, at a sleepover at their house over the weekend. And they're like, oh, on Sunday morning, you should come to church with us. And I was like, you know, I'm a little kid. I'm like, oh, well, all right. You're driving me home. I have no choice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird if it's like not a thing that you subscribe to. It's a very strange feeling. Yeah. And then you've got a Catholic mass, which is just like, stand up, sit down again, stand up again. Okay, sit down again. <laughs> yeah, you got to be looking at everyone else for cues. Because even if you uh, even if you were like Catholic, you don't speak the language. So you don't know what the, when the normal yeah. cues are. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the only, like, I think I've only been to two Catholic masses in my life. Mm -hmm. And that was one. And the other one was a fucking funeral. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did go to uh, someone's Catholic wedding, um, and it was longer than most wet other weddings I've been to. And uh, the the priest decided it would be like a good place to like start talking about the dangers of gay marriage. Um, Interesting. Like, I, yeah, I'm like, this is okay. Like the the groom's gay trans brother is in the wedding party, and like you Ooh. you're like this is not the time and place to like have your soapbox dude yeah definitely not <laughs> the venue yeah it was it was yeah it was not great anyway <laughs> huh. um how's how's quarantine going for you kelso um, they finally let us start working from home this past week. Oh, good. Um, and it was like, on a trial basis, if you don't pull your weight, we're going to make you come back into the office, which it wasn't a problem. So, I don't know, my boss keeps saying, oh, yeah, well, we'll do this hopefully for just like two or three weeks. Yeah. Like, lady. Meanwhile, meanwhile, like, schools are closed for the rest of the school year in yeah, a lot of places. Yeah, are closed entire cities are just locked down like i've seen some uh some like footage of like new york city right yeah. now and it is uh 
interesting to see Times Square that empty. Yep. And it's not even that bad here. Um, it seems like we have a low enough population density that it's not that bad where I live, but yeah, no, my, uh, my sister was, uh, is like a New York city resident. And so my mom finally convinced her and her boyfriend to like move out to like rural middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania with them for the duration of this. Um, and they yeah. luckily my, because my mom like, uh, really wanted an art studio when they bought this house they bought a house that basically has like a separate attached apartment that's cut off from the rest of the the main house so nice. they're they're like quarantining in that apartment for two weeks before they interact with my parents at all <laughs> that's yeah that's a good call yeah i think that's huh. i think that's probably like for the best because i mean my parents aren't like super old but the older you are, the riskier it is. And yeah, just in case. Yeah. I don't know. I still can't believe like my parents took their camper um, down to Austin and they were going to go to South by Southwest, but obviously South by Southwest was canceled. So they just stayed in Austin with their camper down there <laughs> and they were like campering around for several weeks before they finally went back to Colorado. <laughs> it's like, you guys got to knock it off. Yeah. Seriously. I feel it's weird. I feel like the like older generation who is most at risk seems to be the one taking this the least seriously. Which yeah. is like worrying to me, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for like my grandma that's in like a retirement home. Ooh, and they're yeah. like completely locked. Yeah. Like yeah. no one's allowed in. Well, that was basically like where the outbreak happened here in Washington was at like a, you know, assisted living center. Um, yeah. So basically a retirement home. And that's where like a lot of deaths happened. That's why people around here freaked out so much is because like that killed a lot of people. Yeah. And then so. I, I remember like reading about it in, in the earliest days, the, the death toll in Washington state was like, 30% or something just because that initial outbreak hit so hard because it hit yeah. you know an elderly community yeah uh, but yeah things are going okay we went to the grocery store this morning um dangerous trek out yeah we uh, we usually go early on sunday mornings but it's because that's when people are at church mm. But now we nobody's in church. Nobody's in church. <laughs> it wasn't that busy. We were there at like 8.30 in the morning. It was fine. So yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll have to get groceries this morning. Hopefully. Hopefully, like Easter morning is not a like peak shopping time for people. I guess maybe it is. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Gotta get gotta get potatoes so I can make my hash browns. Um, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm like purposefully not. Normally, I like hard boil some eggs for breakfast on Sunday mornings, but I'm like purposefully not eating eggs so I can enjoy my brunch later. That's a yeah, solid strategy. Yep. Anyway, we should maybe talk about a game. I don't know, unless <laughs> anyone else has important things to say. Nah. I screwed up my tongue and mouth by eating sour candy again. <laughs> Again. 
twice in like two weeks. <laughs> uh, and you said you still have more, so we know this is not like this problem is just going to repeat itself. You're nice. trading your time. I have like three kilo more. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Why do you have so much sour candy, Carl? Because it was ridiculously cheap. <laughs> yeah. That's a good reason. I mean, that's as good a reason as any to buy a bunch of candy. So I feel you on that. And like I said, you're you're not messing up your mouth. You are training your mouth to be stronger. <laughs> yeah, like the same way that I train my esophagus in scar tissue by eating hot food that's too hot all the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that you could, like, shed skin on your tongue. <laughs> Ooh, that's like... <laughs> That's getting the, the, the maybe you should like ration them your, for yourself a little bit. Yeah, I'll probably do that. Yeah, that that happened to me once when I was like really young, when I was a kid, and it was like warheads candy, where the yeah. the, the hot shit, and everyone was like, warheads. "Can you eat a warhead?" Um, because they're very, very sour. Yeah, for for those who maybe don't know, Warhead candies were basically mm. just like little, like sweet lemon drop candies, but they put a layer of super sour powder on the outside. Yeah, I think it was so just just, pure just to be painful. Acid. Yeah, basically they're just coated in citric acid just so that they're painful to eat. And then it's like, as a kid, it's like it's a challenge to see if you can eat them. And yeah. that was exciting. I was very good at, at that. I really I enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. The lemon ones were good. Were the lemon ones and the, the like black raspberry ones were the best. Yeah. Oh, the black raspberry ones are great. Um, I, I almost eating like pure citric acid in chemistry class. <laughs> That's just, what you're not supposed to do in chemistry class. Just, just to see what would happen. No, our, our teacher was like, hey, you can taste it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. But if the teacher said it was okay, then it's fine. Yeah, that's, I mean, you can't tell, you can't tell a group of kids, hey, try this just to see what will happen because they will absolutely do it. That's, um, uh, it's fine. Okay. It's not going to harm you permanently, probably. Yeah. Although I'm, I am, I will admit worried about you if your skin is peeling off your tongue. Um, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Your like long term ability to taste things a little bit. It'll be fine. The only flavor you can taste now is sour. All of your all of your taste buds have died and been reborn as like sour receptors only. <laughs> Either that or the opposite, like the, the sour buds just burn right the heck off and then nothing is ever sour again. Ooh, that's a superpower if I've ever heard of one. Nope. Um, probably a safety hazard of some kind. Uh, right. Anyway, we played Celeste. <laughs> Celeste <laughs> is a game we played. Speaking of challenging yourself to do it, to do things. Yeah. We played a game about challenging yourself to climb a mountain. And yeah. this game is hard as heck, y'all. Yeah. Oh, boy. We didn't actually, like, say whose job it is today to, to like, have the info pulled up on Wiki. So I'll I'll just look it up real quick on Google. Made by Matt Make Games, 2018. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, and other stuff. 
and it's a uh, yeah so 2018 platformer uh well known for being very difficult um but also very uh having a very good like uh assist mode basically where you can uh arbitrarily sort of lower the difficulty for yourself if you want to by giving yourself extra powers um i did not end up having to look into this surprisingly i probably should have just so that we could talk about it but i forgot yeah i thought about using it for that but it also felt like if i did something with it it felt wrong to me yeah no it's it's uh it's hard because the game is very much like frames itself it's about a character who like doesn't like is very stubbornly yeah. like trying to do a thing and doesn't want to give up and is like afraid of giving up and so if you like give up and make it easier for yourself it feels bad it feels like cheating because you're letting her down yeah i i i used some of the options like i just to play with them mostly and then if i felt like i needed them i would like turn things on sort of incrementally so, so what all, i wasn't what else so, did they offer you so the um, so they offer you, um, slow down the game speed in, like, 10% increments, which I didn't really, I, like, I turned it on just to see what it looked like, and I didn't like it, so mm -hmm. I turned it back off. Um, there's one that, um, <clears throat> that gives you, so you start off with one air dash, and then you can turn it to two, which you have at the end of the game, and then you can turn it to infinite, Oh, nice. It's, uh, Just it's, fly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like fun to zoop around the screen, but uh, definitely, de that's like that one, and then you can also turn on invincibility, and those are definitely like the most cheatery things. Oh, okay. So invincibility, I assume you can just stand on surfaces that would normally kill you? Yeah, you can stand on surfaces and like, you know, take projectiles to the face. Um, and then the other one is, what's the other one? Oh, dash assist, which... Um, when you go to do a dash, it like briefly pauses the game and gives you an arrow showing you which direction which you're direction? preparing to dash in. Fuck yes, um, that would probably have been the one I turned on. Yeah, I, I did use that one quite a bit. Um, it it crashed the game at one point, ah. but but other than that, yeah, dash assist was nice to have in situations where like for timing reasons it just gives you an extra second to like stop and think more strategically while you're kind of in the middle of it yeah and also so this this game involves um like a lot of different skill sets there's a lot of like precision movement and timing uh and even just kind of <clears throat> being able to like read a situation very quickly but the one skill that, for whatever reason, I had the most trouble mastering and still have is issues with is just pointing the stick in the goddamn correct direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially yeah. when you like do a lot of different movements yeah. in fast succession. This is so like we didn't actually say this is a platformer game. <laughs> this is a game about like jumping, basically jumping and air dashing and, and spikes. And spikes, yeah. Like spikes most everywhere. like most Massacre platformers, it is a game about spikes. Yeah. Um but the like they do a really good thing, um, which is they limit 
they at the very least they limit you basically to eight directions when you're jumping and dashing so you can only jump in any of the cardinal directions or any of the diagonal directions so whenever you jump like which or dash which way you're pointing the stick determines which of those eight directions you go in but god the difference between like a jump right and a jump upright is sometimes feels like it's just a single goddamn molecule in one direction or another. Yeah. Yeah, and it can also be like, I know when I played Super Smash Bros, I had to learn that the hard way. Like, how I hold the controller really changes how I input stuff on the, like, control sticks. Yeah. Yeah, You. It's. it's almost like you have to be really deliberate about it and, like, think about the direction in the moment before you press the button. Yeah, I tried um, using the D-pad because I use a an Xbox One controller. Um, and I tried using the D-pad for a while and that, in theory, probably should have helped, but it didn't. And I, yeah. I constantly fumbled the diagonals. Yeah, so I was going to say, it feels yeah. like that would really help you deliberately do the, uh, the main directions, but would be really hard to do the diagonal directions properly. Yeah, I probably, I mean, I feel like if I would have stuck with it, I probably would have gotten the hang of it, but mm-hmm. at I feel that like point I had already been using the sticks, so, yeah. I hate the, like, Xbox One D-pads to use, because it's such an awkward position on the controller. Yeah, I, yeah, it is, and it, it would be nice, I know the, the Pro controllers have, like, the, the circular D-pad, which would be a lot easier to use for this, I think, but... Yeah, I finally gave in and um, hooked up the PS4 controller uh, to my mm-hmm. computer because uh, I had been going to use my my previous like off-brand Xbox controller that I have that I always use for these. Um, but that's the one that has the problem where uh, when the rumble activates, then the direction gets locked on, like just constantly moving to the right. Uh, oh. And it rumbles every time you die. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is a game where I die like literally hundreds of times per level. I'm not like unplugging and replugging the USB every time I die. Yeah. So I I plugged it in. The I like I like the PS4 controller. I just hate that every time you plug it into a computer, the computer thinks it's now your microphone and speaker. Yeah. That just yeah. Which is a, I mean, that's a bad reason to not use the controller, but there you go. I don't know. It's enough of a pain in the ass that it doesn't, doesn't sound like a bad reason. Um, but yeah, so it's a, so it's a game about, uh, like challenging yourself. It's also a game about kind of getting to know yourself and coming to terms with your flaws, I guess. Um, it's, it's sort of ambiguous, uh, like exactly what's going on, but you play as Madeline, um, who is a girl who's like had having some personal issues in her life. They don't get into like very specific details about what they are. Um, and she made a, a promise to herself that she was going to climb this mountain. Um, so she arrives at the mountain and it's very, very hard to climb. And also the mountain has some magic powers that like, I don't know, manifest your inner psyche somehow possibly due to the fact that there's some kind of like eldritch temple on the mountain um, yeah. which like 
that's probably given less weight than it should be in the story. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird places, like an abandoned city. That's true. It is a pretty... Well, I mean... If you if you built a city on a mountain with a weird eldritch temple that manifested uh, all your internal uh, conflicts, then probably you would abandon that city too. Um, yeah, and it is the first level. How, so. I don't know how a hotel ever got built up there either. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so you you make your way up the mountain. Um, the mountain manifests, uh, and we should talk about who we think Battleline is, manifests some, some like, shadow version of yourself um, who, like, chases you around and sabotages you um, and eventually, like, drops you down the cliff. Um, and then you kind of, like, have to reconcile with her and and come to understand that she is also, like, a part of who Madeline is and therefore, like, should be embraced rather than shunned. Uh... And she helps you get up the rest of the mountain, and then you get to the top, and it's good times. Um, there's also a bunch of optional strawberries that you can collect along the way, which are basically just there to, to force you to like uh, feel bad if you don't want to do the trickier stunts. Yeah, they do. So, they do nothing except they give you like a, a little thumbs up at the end if you get enough of them, more or less. They do nothing, but to me, like. The part like the game was about collecting strawberry berries. Like I getting to the that. end was like a secondary objective. Yeah, I could see that because I mean it is it is a game about challenging yourself and it is a game about trying to push like your limits. And God, you die a lot, um, even doing like the normal course of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can also and some of them are like uh, put in places where they're easy to find, but they're like really challenging to get and some of them are just easy to get but they're hidden and you have to find them yeah, um, it, it definitely got to a point where if i if i moved into a room and saw that there was nothing in there but a strawberry i immediately exited the room <laughs> i ended up doing that in some of the later levels too i started yeah. the game trying to get every strawberry like in the yeah. first level i was like trying to get every strawberry that i saw and that lasted about like half a level and then I'm like, screw it. If one of these seems too hard, I'm just going to keep going because I do have to finish this game for the podcast <laughs> at yeah. some point. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I did collect all strawberries, but I looked up some, like, because they were hidden. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I found myself looking up um, not necessarily, like, where things were, but just sometimes watching a video of someone else doing a level to see how the heck you were supposed to, you were like intended to complete it. Because some of them, some of the jumps are actually quite complex. And if you don't quite understand how you're supposed to navigate through a level, uh, it can be very difficult to pull off or it can seem impossible. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have to like cling to this wall and jump off of this other spot. And not try and, like, go through this gap the way I was doing. Um, but it is, for, you know, there's a reason why it's become, like, an incredibly sort of popular indie darling type game. And it does feel good. Like, the movement is satisfying and the 
for the most part, um, the checkpoints are placed frequently enough that you don't feel like you're losing a ton of progress every time you die. You mm -hmm. just, yeah. you die, you restart, you die, you restart, and it's fine. Yeah, it's like a quick, like, quick get back to where you were mm -hmm. kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. With, like, one or, there were, like, one or two scrolling screens in the game where I'm like, how dare you not put a checkpoint midway through this? Like, yeah. this is insane. Um, yeah. But I did get to the summit, and I did do it without turning on any assist modes. <laughs> so, but then, but the, if you get to the summit, there's also, like, collecting all the strawberries. Every level has a B-side cassette that you can find and collect, which is, like, a harder version of the level to play. Every um, level has a C-side. Is the C-side hidden in the main level, or is it hidden in the B-side? Um... I don't remember how to unlock the seaside. Because um, I did not see any seasides the whole time. Even, like, in my first playthrough before I was looking up where anything was, um, I, I ran across, like, I think two of the B-sides. Oh, um, yeah, you need to beat all the B-sides. Okay. okay. That makes sense. And then they're, and after you beat them all, then they're hidden somewhere in the level, and you have to collect them, or they just open automatically? No. All right. We... And then there's chapter 8, and there's chapter 9. Yep, there was, yeah, so there's some DLC. There's, like, hidden crystal hearts uh, in every level. Um, there's, like, king mushrooms, or not mushrooms, um, king strawberries, where, like, if you, once you've got, I think this unlocks once you collect all the strawberries in a level, um, and if you've beaten the game, uh there's a like a strawberry with a crown at the beginning, and it, you have to get to the end of the level without dying in order to collect it. It like follows you around the whole level. I which... saw a, a video of somebody who had like 42 strawberries and a gold strawberry chained. Uh, at, I think <laughs> it was at the summit. Yeah, that's kind of like the how the speed run looks. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the strawberries, to collect a strawberry, you have to not only run into the strawberry, you have to land for more than, like, I think it's two frames um, on solid ground, um, and then the strawberry will officially collect. And sometimes in certain types of challenges, they make it so that certain, certain areas of ground don't collect the strawberry, and you have to get all the way back to, like, the beginning area, which is annoying. But anyway, um, so yeah, if you're, if you're a speedrunner and you don't stand still on a solid surface for more than two frames, then the strawberries just kind of keep following you around, uh, waiting to be collected. And uh, that can look pretty hilarious after a while. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch the, like, task run, because I, they did a they did a, a task, like, tool-assisted speed run, um, like, playthrough at one of the Games Done Quick marathons. And it looked insane even when I did not have the context of the game. And now that I have the context of the game, I kind of want to go back and play it again so I can really appreciate how ridiculous it is. Yeah. The the normal speedrun is also ridiculous because that's like one of the communities that blew up in terms of speedrunning. Yeah, and I, I could mm -hmm. see that. I'm, I think the uh, I've heard the developers of the game like have actually 
like added slash kept mechanics specifically for the speedrun community. And I mean, that's that's massacre for you. Like when you get a game that's like intentionally incredibly difficult, the people who are going to be attracted to it are the people who like doing very difficult things very well. Yeah. So it's it's no surprise that it has a vibrant speedrunning community. Mm-hmm. Which good for them. I mean, it it looks fantastic, and I'm sure it's a fun speed run to do. Um, there there were moves even in the normal part of the game. There were parts where like it seemed. I looked at it and I'm like, this is physically impossible. You have to be like frame perfect to get this. How am I ever supposed to get it? Um, looking at you, flag nine on the final summit. Um, <laughs> But, you know, you do if you do it 50 to 100 times, eventually you hit that perfect window at some point. Yeah. And I will say, like, I after I beat the game, um, I went back and played some of level one stuff and it seemed so easy by yeah. comparison. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I can do all these jumps. This is nothing. Yeah, it. The difficulty curve feels really harsh when you're encountering it for the first time. But then you, yeah, then you go back and it's like, wow, how did I have any trouble with this? Yeah. And I think that's the benefit of being forced to die forever. (laughs) Yeah. Like, literally, there aren't that many skills that the game is teaching you. So you are learning a skill and you are learning it to do it very, very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And that practice shows. By the time you get back at the end, you're like, oh, hey, I got good at this. And so I went back and I, like, finished collecting all the strawberries. I got the B-side cassettes in, like, the first four levels uh, and the, the the blue hearts in the first four levels. And um, and I felt good about myself. I probably, I don't know how much I'll, like, I did start the core, which is chapter eight which is a DLC that you can only do if you've gotten at least four of the the blue heart crystals. Um, I don't know if I'm going to finish it, though. I might go back and, like, collect strawberries instead and, and leave the DLCs alone. Yeah. At, yeah, at this point, the core is a step up, and then Chapter 9 is, like, ten yeah. steps up. <laughs> yeah, I think Chapter 9 is for the speedrun community, basically. Like, hey, you thought you were good at this game? Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm playing it, like, right now. And I'm having a lot of fun. But I also like being stuck, like, mm-hmm. 30 minutes an hour on one screen. Yeah. Well, I have more power to you, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know if I... There were a lot of times when I... Because I get frustrated in that scenario. Like, in the, like, you are stuck mm-hmm. on a place for half an hour. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. But I did find a lot of the time I would, like, if I felt really stuck, I would, like, put the controller down, go away, do something else, come back in a few hours, and then I'd get it, like, first or second try. Um, because I'd, like, I was just, like, I'd gotten so in it, I was overthinking it. And the I, my brain needed time to, like, digest it a little bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which sucks when you when you know you have a time limit for when you have to actually finish the game. Yep, that that makes it a little not, more. Not that there's an in-game time limit, just that we have the podcast. Oh yeah, just just for us. 
um, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's also a little tiny, like, 8-bit version of the game that you can find in the game. Um, where you like you find a hidden room and you find a little computer and you can sit at the computer and play Celeste. Oh man, play like eight bit Celeste. Um, the the Pico Eight is the name of the computer, uh, oh, yeah. and that's apparently like thirty levels and it's it's also very hard. Um, so yeah, I played that before the release of Celeste. It struck it me as like released before. Yeah, it struck me as a thing where I'm like, this could easily have been like an early prototype of the game that they developed um or or it could just be a demake either way it's pretty cute um i i got like i don't know 15 levels in or something like that and i was like wait how long is this and then i looked it up and it's like this is 30 levels and i'm like mm, i want to spend time on the real game um so i stopped and it doesn't save your progress which really sucks oh it doesn't it does not oh no I mean, the only thing you get is, like, if you're playing it on Steam, you get an achievement if you get to the end, and I think that's it. So, if you feel strongly about that uh, that Chivo, then go for it. But um, let's go through the, the different, like, worlds, because I think it's worth talking about each chapter individually, just because they're sort of, like... They're very cool aesthetically and tonally, and there's like kind of a, a progression to them that's that I feel like is really interesting. Yeah, and they have like a main mechanic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They each have their own distinct. kind of personal things. Uh, so the first one is the Forsaken City, which is like an abandoned city. There's like street signs and traffic lights and uh, you know exposed scaffolding or rebar or something or what it, whatever it is. Um, and the main new mechanic of that one is. Uh, like there are blocks that have a little like traffic light on them. And if you touch the block, it like moves along a little track and you can use it to fling yourself places. I don't know. Are there any other, like some of them have a, some of the levels have like a couple mechanics, but I think that's the only one for. Yeah. That's the only one I remember from that one. Yeah. There's also a, uh, there's a hidden strawberry off to one side where if you go get the strawberry, it's by like a little satellite dish. Uh, and the satellite dish has like a secret puzzle. And if you solve the puzzle, you get a crystal blue heart. Uh, and that made me feel real smart. Yeah. Um, so I recommend going out of your way to try and find it. Uh, the second one is the old site. I forget what the old site is. Um, uh, it's the, the like going through the weird oh yeah black uh, things oh yeah 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 so it's it's basically just like some old architecture but the point is that most of the level happens in a dream that's why I can't remember it it's because it's mostly dream yeah. time um so you like fall asleep by the campfire and you wake up and you quote unquote wake up and the campfire is like all glowy green. Um, and this is where, like, Battleline emerges. Um, there's, that's not her name in the game. She doesn't have a name in the game. <laughs> but that is, apparently, also... that is apparently what the, like, fan community calls her, is Battleline. As, as the, it's like... a good name. Yeah, as the NPC yeah. who, like, you run into in each level says, aw, she's like an adorable goth version of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, Theo is, a, is an NPC who's just, like, 
your friend who runs into you uh, over the course of the mountain and like gives you advice and encouragement. Um, uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so somebody else talk about the mechanic for the uh, for that level. Yeah, so there's basically like big walls that you can get dash through, but you keep your like dash throughout the wall. Mm -hmm. it, and it like it's a it's like a cube. So as you if you teleport and if you dash into one side, it like shoots you out immediately across the other way. And if you shoot out into not a space but into a wall, you die. Yep. And if you press A right as you're about to leave, you can jump. But oh, they don't teach you that until the B side. Ah, interesting. Uh, I that's that's tricksy. That's they like do, they, they do a couple of things like that. Ah, uh, that's mean. That's mean <laughs> game. Um, I mean, it makes sense because you don't want to overwhelm players, and it doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah, I guess it's it's just you know, it gives you a little bit of extra height. So I'm sure there are some jumps in the main area that are a lot easier knowing that. Yep. Um, but yeah, you you like teleport your way through. It's also the first instance of a level that has um, deconstructed strawberries. Um, so there's a special type of strawberry that you can get where you have to assemble the pieces of the strawberry first before the strawberry appears. And to collect pieces of strawberry, you have to not touch the ground. You have to get all the pieces without resting on the ground in between. Um, and those ones are especially tricky. Yeah. The, the first one's not too bad because you just have to keep dashing through a bunch of these like big gummy block thing, dream block things. Oh yeah, the first one also introduced strawberries with wings that fly oh. away as soon as you dash. Yeah, so you have to, if you want the strawberry, you have to get to it without ever dashing, without using your secondary jump. Um, we should mention, uh, we didn't say this, but the, the way they uh, communicate the fact that you have like an air dash is your hair changes color, which is That's a pretty a cool... brilliant move. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool way of signaling like that you have a dash left is you you normally have uh, red hair, but if you dash uh, in the air, it turns blue. And then later in the game, when you get a second dash, you have pink hair. And then if you dash once, it becomes red. And if you dash again, it becomes blue. So and you if you're in use... the Pico 8 version, you can have green hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you... Uh... You have a good, like, constantly uh, there and obvious visual signal for whether you have dashes remaining, which ends up being an important thing to know because you're very, yeah. it's a very kind of flow state sort of game. Mm -hmm. And it's very uh, easy to tell, like, yeah, it's right there on your character and it's mm -hmm. a big color change. Yeah. And you don't, yeah, it's not like a little, like, you know, just a gooey element that hangs out in the corner that you have to like keep half an eye on while you're trying to figure out your jumps. No, it's like it's right there on your character and you can tell. Um, so yeah, if you if you stay red-haired Madeline the whole time, you can get the, the strawberries that otherwise fly away. There's at least one strawberry in the game where the trick is you have to get it to start flying away while you're over it yeah. so that it flies up into you. Yeah. So they can be pretty tricksy with those two. 
there's a lot of little things in this game that kind of feel like the devs trolling you a little bit. Um, like areas where it's like, oh, hey, there's a uh, there's a jump pad here. I, I assume I should use the jump pad. And then you use the jump pad and it jumps you right into spikes. Um, it's like, oh, actually, I have to dash across that so I don't hit the jump pad. Yep. That's like in the first goddamn chapter. Um, yeah, so the end... This is also the first chapter with a boss fight. Um, so the end sequence of the game, or like most of the way through, I guess, it's not quite the end, um, has a part where like Badalyn has emerged and is chasing you. And basically she creates... Uh, at first it's just one copy, and then it's like three copies, and then it's like five copies of herself. And they just... They just trail your movement. They just copy every single move that you did in the level. And if you run into them, you die. So it just means you have to find a path through the the level that um, does not run into your previous clones. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to say, because the music gets very intense, when I played it the first time, I felt like there was time pressure. Because it feels like they're chasing you. And yeah. it feels like yeah. if you slow down, they will catch you. But literally, they're just copying your moves. If you stop for a while on a screen and then move again, then when they get to that spot, they will also stop. Um, so that that pressure is entirely mental and artificial. But goddamn, did it work on me the first time? Yeah, yeah. it took me a, a really long time to figure out that that was how it worked. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you don't stand still, you're fine. Yeah. Move slow or fast, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't stand still and as long as you don't cross your previous path too badly. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's a speaking of trolley tricks that the devs pull. That's like entirely psychological, which I yeah. kind of really love about it. Yeah. Also, um, speaking of trolley tricks, the crystal heart for this level. I. Oh, yeah. I. <laughs> I'm not happy about this. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked up how to get it. Because I was because there's a part where it looks like... So you can get up to it um, like pretty easily, pretty early on. And it's like, hey, but it's walled off. It's like surrounded by a thing. And there's a little sign next to it that says, uh, I am available in dreams. And you're like, okay. So clearly I have to come to this during... Um, Sorry, you can't get to it early on. You get to it actually at the very end of the level. But um, you, you're like, okay, clearly I have to come back here during the part of the game that's the dream. Um, and then it'll be good. But the way you get up in the dream world is actually a completely different path than the one that exists in the, uh, in the waking that. world. It's a yeah. path that you don't expect should be worked. Yeah, it it, because it exploits a glitch in the mechanics, basically. When you switch screens, Madeleine regains her ability to dash. So you can dash between screens and keep gaining height. Yeah, so if you dash back and forth over and over between two screens, you can essentially air climb infinitely. Um, so you have to make use of this, and not just vertically, but also horizontally for a little bit of it, to just completely cheese the system and climb up the thin air next to where the heart is. 
while you're in the dream world to grab it, which is just, that's real cheap. Yeah, that is super cheap. I didn't look that one up, so. Yeah. I mean, wow. they give you a hint that tells you where to find it, but that's yeah. not the hard part. The hard part is knowing you can dash between screens. Yeah. I didn't see that that happened. No, I didn't see that that happened. Um, but I did, I did sort of wonder about it at one point. Like, oh, I wonder, like, I regained my dash. I wonder if you could, like, exploit that somehow. And then I never really experimented with it. And then I happened to be, like, randomly watching someone else uh, play the game just casually. And he, he was like, oh, yeah, and you can, uh, like, exploit this thing by, like, air dashing to the side so I can get some extra height that way to get this strawberry. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, but even knowing that, it did not occur to me to try and air climb on the, like, far left of this level because I was, I was obsessed with this idea that the area that it that you get up to it in the normal world looks exactly like the area that you end on in the dream world. So I'm like, oh, yeah. it must be that you have to get to this area at the end while Battleline is chasing you and then like get it somehow, like take a different path somehow while she's chasing you. Um, but that's not it at all. I wasted a lot of time trying to do that. It's fine, though, because I ended up getting a bunch of strawberries that way. There you go. Silver um, lighting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so chapter three is the resort, which is probably my least favorite chapter, just in terms yeah. of, like, mechanics. It's hard. This is the one I think I had the most trouble with, because it's so much of it is timing-based. And it's 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 just a bunch of, like, black blobs that are on everything and like moving back and forth between everything. And if you touch them, you die. Um, and if you touch a surface that they're on, you die. And there's, there's uh, these, some surfaces have like these little hairs on them. Uh, and if you touch the hairs, then black stuff will grow the next time you leave. So those surfaces you can touch once. And if you touch them again, you die. <laughs> Um, there's a, there's also like the main gimmick is that there's a bunch of clutter in the hotel, uh, and you're going around like stomping these special buttons that clear the areas of clutter. And there's three different paths and each one clears a different form of clutter. So how hard the platforming is in a given path is based on which clutter you've cleared already. Yeah. I, I really like this chapter actually. Um, like it's it's cool and it's well designed. I just found it like really hard compared to the others. Yeah, timing stuff is something that's hard. <laughs> I don't know. I think I guess I just like the timing stuff more than like really tricky on the fly execution stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think I think this is probably my favorite chapter. And also, you get uh, a new character. <sighs> that you meet um mr mr oshiro who is a ghost hotel. who yeah he's a ghost and the manager of the hotel and you find out later that like the hotel had to close down and everybody else left and he stayed mm -hmm. and he and the, i think the black the black gunk that is everywhere represents his anxiety yeah uh, over like people not coming to the hotel <laughs> Because like yeah, at one point you see him like like pacing around and worrying and like the gunk is flying off of him. 
Mm -hmm. It's it's like his anxiety about the hotel, you know, not being open anymore, and also just how his own inability to like take care of all the clutter. Because as you're going through these areas and clearing out the clutter, he he keeps saying, "Oh gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to get all of this clean. Like this is so overwhelming." And you just go do it for him. Yeah, and he does. He doesn't really even acknowledge it. Um, yeah, he's yeah. a good kind of like sort of metaphor for some of uh, Madeline's own struggles because he's someone who's sort of like lost in a cycle of his own anxiety and can't break out of it. And so you have to be like an outside force that tries to help him. But also mm -hmm. like your your bad side like chastises you for trying to help him. She's like, you, you know, you are too soft hearted and you spend too much time investing in people who like don't want your help. And... <laughs> It's like it's draining to you and it's like not good for you. And she has a point. Like that's the thing about Badeline is that like she is not evil and she's not giving you entirely bad advice. She's just sort of your like anxious and pessimistic side for the most part. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Madeline apologizes to Badeline. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's one thing that she mentions later on is like if 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 Badeline hadn't intervened there, she would still be trapped in that hotel. Yeah, trying to trying to fix this guy's anxiety and help him and do all this stuff. Um, yeah, so he's he, kind of a dick. He is kind of a dick. A little bit, yeah. But he, you, you also sort of feel bad for him because it's clear that like he, he's he's just lost the the ability to to handle anything anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. I sort of feel bad for him, but like. I feel like it's more because he's like made as a character you're supposed to feel bad about. Yeah, I think he's also made as a character who's supposed to be sort of annoying. Like as 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 Madeline herself points out, like he never thanks you for any of the work you do for him. Um, he like he spends the entire time not listening to what you want from him and like trying to do his own thing. Yeah, he's also got a weird little like a golem slash Smeagol thing going on oh, where yeah. he's. <laughs> Where he's got, like, two different, like, oh, gosh, I gotta get stuff clean. No, you're never gonna get it clean. Like, that kind yeah. of thing going on. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just like Mr. Oshiro so much because there's just so few characters in this game. Yeah, that that's fair. Anytime there's a new one, it's like, oh, here's another person that I can love. Yep. Um, yeah, Theo's pretty great, too. Theo's just, like kind of on a on a journey to find himself and is like a social media guy who really likes taking selfies and it's just like pretty dang chill yeah i don't know theo was a little uh, yeah too smart I, I, for you i've seen in real life too many of that archetype of like <laughs> guy who guy with no direction yeah basically i i remember going to school with a guy who uh like this was when I was the first time I was in school. So ever, you know, it's just like a bunch of 18, 19 year olds uh, trying to figure themselves out. And then this one guy just decided he was going to take a shit ton of drugs. And then the story that goes, which I'm not sure if this is true, but that he like dropped out and uh, went to South America to take a bunch of ayahuasca. Um, and that's just where he ended up. But oh, yeah, I just feel like I've, yeah. I've known a too little, many people. He was a little more put together than that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I feel like I've known uh, too many too many men like this 
in my life or at least encountered them. That's fair. But I never That's felt reasonable. that sympathetic for Theo, even though he was actually nice and helpful. Yeah, I wouldn't have wanted Theo to be the main character for sure. I feel like that could have gotten annoying quick. But I think in part because, yeah, like we all do know somebody like that. Um, yeah. I felt I felt inclined to be like, okay, well, like hopefully this does actually help him find himself and get some direction in his life. Like maybe this will work and he'll actually find some motivation. Also, I think I really like him because uh, in the cutscenes when he talks, his background is plaid. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow that's like really endearing to me. Yeah. Um, I that, kind of really love that, that by the way, about the text way. boxes. They they have like a really cute, just li- like little text chat system where um, a text box pops up with your character's dialogue and the characters have like little Banjo-Kazooie style high-pitched like meeps that, uh, yeah. that, that are not real language, um, but that yeah. sound like talking. And uh and they- and they all have their own little different background to their text boxes. And Madeline has like this cool sort of slate, almost marble looking purple background. And Theo has like a little green plaid. And they do some really interesting stuff with, with the text system. Uh, like sometimes Madeline will start like escaping the boundaries of the text box, which is like yeah. subtle at times, but then really, really in your face at other times. And it's really well utilized. And I remember there's one part in the hotel where Theo is trying to escape the hotel and he's climbing through the vents and he like pops out of a vent and he's upside down and his picture in the text box is also upside down. <laughs> yeah, Just like it's cute, cute little things like that. <clears throat> yeah, they do a lot of text wiggle. This game is actually, uh, this game in part inspired Wintermore Tactics Club, specifically its text wiggle system. Nice. Where certain text wiggles certain ways to convey emotions. Um, yeah, I like their, I like their tech system. It bothers me a little bit. Um, and this is, I guess, as good a place as any to, to talk about this. Um, the fact that the game has like three or four different art styles. I found that really jarring, especially at the very beginning. I got used to it eventually, but it's like the in-game art is like the, the actual gameplay art is one thing. And then there's a different art style for the text boxes when then they when they talk. And then there's a different art style for the cutscenes at the end of each, like the, the still shots at the end of each level. And then there's a different like 3D art style for the menu selection. Yeah. And it's just very like jarring how many like different <laughs> like the, yeah. the pixel one is is good and like for the most part, none of them is like explicitly bad. Um it's just weird that they're all different. Yeah, I feel like they, they could have probably done away with the 3D menus. Yeah. And and come up with... Uh, just use one of the uh, other two art styles or the other three yeah. art styles. Yeah. Like, I think if, if they had done the menus as like a 2D illustration and just had it scroll, that would have been fine. Yeah. But, I I mean... I guess doing doing a full illustration probably also is a lot more time and money than doing um, a, a decent low poly model. Yeah. So. Yeah. Know. I mean, it's and it's not a huge complaint. Like, it's not. It's you get used to yeah. it soon enough. It's not like a big deal. But especially when I first opened the game, I was like, "This looks messy." <laughs> anyway, yeah, it does a little bit. <laughs> so, so you you help Mister Oshiro clean um, by going through all the different paths and clearing the different uh, t- 
types of, um, uh, like, you know, blankets and books and all the different categories. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Oshiro chases you across the roof as a little vampire yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of cute as a weird chibi vampire. He is a little bit. Um, and uh, so, like, similar to the Badalyn fight, he, like, chases you screen to screen, but instead of just, like, copying your movement, he just kind of stays on the left and moves up and down, and then periodically he will charge across the screen at you at, like, whatever height you were at most recently. And so you have, like, a little bit of time to get out of the way. If you're very, like, clever, you can bop him on the head, and then he goes away for a few seconds, and then comes yeah. back. And you get an extra dash. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I didn't... I was never able to, like... Like, I was only able to do that accidentally to bop oh, him. Yes, sorry. Uh, bo so I never managed bopping to... Him, bopping him gives you an extra dash. Yes, bopping him gives you a little bit of extra height. I thought you mean, like, you are given an extra dash for this sequence. I'm like, no. I think you were. <laughs> yeah, no. If you bop him, yeah. you get, like, an extra little height boost bounce off his head. Yeah, that was one of those things that I only ever managed to do um, accidentally. And <laughs> yeah. so was never really fully able to, like, use that as a beneficial thing. But it is there if you're better at the game than I am. So, yeah. Um, all right, then comes the Golden Ridge. Uh, this might be my favorite one, although the reflection chapter is really nice, too. Um but this might I'd... be my least favorite one. Yeah, really? same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I just like those two because, like, the, uh, the the pastel colors make me feel, like, soothed while I'm playing it. So I yeah, get this... less angry about failing jumps. Never yeah, mind, I does... thought of the wrong chapter. Okay. This one is this... in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the wind chapter. Yeah, I think, I think the wind was what killed the three. But this one does definitely have the best color palette for sure. Yeah, Just well, the, ref the reflection chapter is also real nice to look at. Very pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's you're you're like up in some ridges. It's sort of all like sort of pink and fluffy looking. Um, this this introduces a couple mechanics. There are um, clouds that you can jump on, like trampolines, where if you jump off of them at the right time as it's like boosting you, you can get like a big boost jump. Um, there's pink clouds, which are the same thing, but they disappear after you use them once, so you have to do it right the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a, a wind mechanic where certain screens have wind blowing of various strengths in certain directions, and it move. It uh, works. This one, this one also has the bubble. The bubbles come in here, yes, right? The bubbles. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. There's also bubbles that you can jump into that if you hold the stick in a direction, uh, it like boots you out in that direction it boots you out in after a second or so anyway but if you're if you're fast on the stick you can steer it and um, you get your dash back it's essentially like mm -hmm. a dash that you can can only use in a certain spot yeah yeah um yeah and i guess we didn't we didn't mention in the previous levels they did introduce dash crystals where like if you run into a crystal midair it refills your jump so that's a way yeah, of like true. letting them give you extra jumps, uh, but you have to pass through that area. So this is sort of similar, except that it like shoots you out in a direction uh, in addition to refilling your jump. Um, yeah, so the wind works against your movement 
and jumps in whatever, you know, if you're trying to move against the wind and it increases your jumps and movement if you're moving with the wind. Um, it doesn't affect your dashes. So using dashes strategically in windy areas uh, is very important. And uh, I think the wind also reduces the time you can hold on to a surface. Maybe. Um, if you if you if the wind's blowing strongly enough, you can basically vertically walk up walls by just like jumping and then let letting the wind blow you back into the wall. So um, yeah, I guess we didn't say uh, if you have an area where it's narrow enough, um, where there are two walls close together, most of the time you can actually jump back and forth between two walls without expending any dashes. So you have like infinite wall jump if the if the space is close enough together. So this is kind of like giving you that, but just using the wind, which is kind of nice. Um, but you can only use it in certain spots because the wind is not consistent everywhere. Sidebar, that's uh, that was the other assist mode thing that I forgot about, uh, was infinite stamina. So you can just hang onto walls for oh, ever, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you but have the ability to yeah. cling to walls and climb up them. But yeah, you, you have a limited amount of time for which you can do so. And yeah, wall jumping like, does not use up your stamina. How stamina yeah. works is so weird. I'll never understand it. Yeah, think, yeah, it seems like it only actively decreases when you're just hanging on, but you can no, pretty it, much extend it, that by jumping yeah, off. Yeah, but like if you climb up, it goes down further. Yeah, I feel like if you're just holding still while you're holding, it's either not going down at all or it's going down much slower. It's going down. Uh, uh, but is it more? Is it more slow? It seems like it's it goes down much yeah, more slowly slower. if you're standing still than if you're moving up or down. And you can yeah. also sort of like cling to a wall, like you can use a wall to slow down your fall by just pressing an arrow in the direction of the wall as you're falling and not clinging to the wall, which doesn't use stamina. Um, I also I think know. like jumping from the surface after holding it reduces stamina. Maybe. It's a yeah, lot it, of stuff. It's, it's mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes. Um, but it's it's fine. It, it In most places, it feels intuitive enough. You just get the general idea of, like, I should not rely too much on clinging to the wall for too long because eventually I will run out. And then you yeah. just get a feel for like when that run when that run out time is so mm -hmm. yeah it's very i feel i found this level very soothing i think the i don't remember the specific music until i hear it again but i feel like this one had good music the the hotel also has very good music that like layers on itself as you clear up more and more junk which is kind of cool yeah the music in this game is really good and yeah. it's like really like modular mm -hmm. yeah and change it up yeah yeah no it's a it's got a nice soundtrack and and the like i feel like the the sort of level design like each area each chapter feels really distinct and like the queuing is very clear and the color schemes are very nice and like it's it's good to look at too mm -hmm. um in that sense um, okay, then comes the Mirror Temple, which is the weird eldritch temple on the uh, mountain for some reason, um, which in in has like beholders on it, like little eyeball monsters that just chase you around. 
uh, if they see you, and you can bop them on the head, which means they turn into a bat for like a couple seconds, but then they turn back and they chase you some more. Chapter um, four also had like um, moving blocks that starts moving when you hold them. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. chapter four too. Man, chapter four introduces a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, clinging. And you can like you can like cling to them, and some blocks you can cling and like move them a certain direction. Yeah, you can sort of steer them as they're moving if you're clinging to the right side of them. And it indicates, the block indicates, like, which side is the control side. And so there are a lot of puzzles around, like, moving blocks around, and if they bump into something, they smash and you fall off them. Um, if So there's a lot of them about, like, starting a block moving and then clearing a path for it as it's moving along so it doesn't bump into anything and break halfway through. Which is always, there's like two sequences that do that that are really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those blocks, do those blocks like come back in a later chapter too? Uh, yes. They, they come back like when you're sort of going through the short sections that are all of the previous levels. Okay. Are they not in the reflection chapter as well? No, the reflection chapter has the the blocks with faces on it. So, which is like a whole different. I think thing. it has both. Um, it, maybe it has both. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So then, yeah. So the mirror temple. Um, you have a dream about like this eldritch horror, and you play as the eldritch horror for a little bit. Uh, which is kind of a brilliant little bit of tutorialization because it teaches you that the Eldritch Horrors have a dash that can break blocks. Mm -hmm. um, and so later in the level, you can trick them into using that dash to break blocks to let you get through places. Mm -hmm. um, what else is new in this one? There's a There's a red bubble that shoots you out in a particular direction like continuously until you hit something rather than just giving you a short dash. Is this uh, where the blocks that um, that move when you dash yes. are introduced? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So there's blocks that are like along a little track, and whenever you dash, they like just fly to the end of the track, and then they'll, after a second or two, they'll like slowly start going back to where they started. Mm -hmm. um, so that's used in a bunch of like little puzzle. I really puzzles. like those blocks. So do I. Don't, it does make you feel cool. Yeah, <laughs> they. I, f I had and trouble with use... them sometimes because sometimes I would like be looking at it and my brain would go, that is where the block is. If I dash, I can land there. Um, and then obviously you can't because the moment you dash, the block is in a different place. Yeah. So I had but... to sort of train my brain to think like, no, 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 no. The block is not there. The block is theoretically in this other spot, which is where it's going to be after you dash. Mm hmm. Should you should also mention that. Oh, go on. Oh no, you can just if you're if you're on one that moves upwards, you can dash down into it and then, yeah, like fling yourself upward, which is, and and to the side, I guess if you jump off the side of it. Yeah, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you enter this chapter, I think it's like completely dark. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you light it up by going near some crystals thing i don't know yeah you have to uh you have to light a bunch of torches 
Um, I saw in the guide that the crystal heart in this chapter is related to like lighting a bunch of torches in a certain order, um, which I, I didn't not. look it, uh, into that much, but it really is not. Is it not? No, the crystal heart you get by, you grab the key and then you find like a hidden exit to avoid the, the locked door and oh. then use the key in the later part. What am I thinking oh. of then? Um, okay, maybe I am thinking of a different thing. Uh, oh, I might have been looking at. Oh, never mind. I'm looking at some torches in chapter six, um, which is a different thing. Oh. Uh. What chapter are we in now? Five? Yes, five. five. There's yeah. apparently some torches that do a thing for a crystal heart in chapter six, which I I did not read the article, but there's a big section that says like, first torch, up left, down right, up right, left, up left. And I'm like, all right, I'll oh. look at that later. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at that one. Um, yeah, you have to dash in a specific sequence. And like, once you complete a sequence, it lights the torch. Ah. And then if you light all the torches, then you get the crystal heart for that one. I looked that part up because I I ended up in that area and I thought I had to do something there to progress. Mm. And it turns out that that was just for the crystal heart. Okay. So that I left. <laughs> it's also like the same sequence as the first crystal heart. Oh, is it? Okay. But then they do the stuff like reverse the up and down direction. Oh, interesting. That's I probably would not have figured that out on my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I left that area as soon as I realized that it was for a crystal heart and not just to get through the level, because yeah. that looked like a lot of like pattern. Yeah, speaking pattern of repetition. Speaking of getting lost in the level, like would it really have killed them to give you a map, at, like at least a map that like you know only fills in as you explore, so you could f see where you had already been. Um, yeah, like your classic yeah. Metroidvania map. Especially yeah. when you get to, like, level 5. Yeah, and I mean, like, mm -hmm. I get it. They want you to, like, be, like, exploring and not give too many hints. And they want you to, like, try and, like, um, you know, see if you can find new ways around stuff. But, like, you can do that by just having a map that, that only shows you where you have been and not where the other things in the level are. Yeah. Yeah, because chapter 5, like, opens it up. It's not as linear as it was before. Mm -hmm. It's much more like, go here, grab a key, use key here, go here, grab another key. Yeah, and it's so hard to remember, like, which rooms you've been in already and, like, which ways, like, you know, you tried as far as you can go and which ways you turned back to see if there was, like, a different area. And, and it doesn't help that the thing is dark. Yeah. yeah. Well, it actually kind of does help that it's dark because you can see, like, uh, yeah. oh, I have lit the torches in this area, which means I've been yeah. here before. Um, but it's hard yeah. to see where you can go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, like, yeah. yeah. So I, that's, like, the one major thing that I wish this game, like, had was a, a map of some description. Yeah, I agree. I, did, I felt like I spent so much time in, in Chapter 5 just, like, bumping into the edges just to see, like, can I get out here? No? Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I would still have explored. I just, you know, I I want to, 
I have no sense of the space and how it connects to each other. And they even a do of- a thing a couple times where they like show you a preview of something that you can only get to from another room. And I have no idea where that other room is because by the time I've gotten there, I have like no idea how it connects in space to the previous place. Yeah, I felt like the spaces in chapter five um, were also just a lot bigger. Yeah. So a single screen air quotes was a lot more than what was actually visible at any given time, uh, which doesn't help. Oh, um, so one mechanic we forgot to talk about that appears in the very first uh, chapter is um, springboards. So there's just like a little spring pad that you can um, jump on and it gives you extra height. And I mentioned this because one of the mechanics they introduce in chapter five is uh, Theo is stuck in a crystal. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to like guide him or like you have to carry him around the temple to like get him out. And you can do things like throwing him on jump pads to uh, to like make him bounce or throwing him on switches to activate switches. Yeah. There are little buttons in this chapter that you have to slam into to like make things happen, usually to make doors open. Um, so that's like, that's another mechanic. And it's like hard to do when you're being chased by like a little monster and you got to take a, a second to slam into a button. And then you've got to take a te- second to recover from slamming into a button. And then the monster gets you and it's, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Is there a boss fight in this level? There's not a boss fight in the, um, in the like celestial heights level or whatever it's called. In that one, you just there are some snowballs that fly at you for a while, and you have to avoid the snowballs. Yeah, but uh, there's not a boss fight. Like the Theo stuck in crystal is kind of a. Yeah, I sort of considered that like the boss segment because you are being chased by. um, I guess they are basically just beholders. You are being chased by the beholders, Mm -hmm. um, but there's not like a boss. Yeah, there's some like weird, spooky, eldritch stuff in this temple too. Like weird there's a lot of eyes watching you. Yeah, eyes yeah. that appear and stare at you. It's, it's and, a very disconcerting and, area. And giant elder god statues. Yep. Yeah, I was sure there would be some kind of like boss fight where like a monster appeared with a bunch of eyes, and I'd have to throw Crystal Theo at the eyes or something. You know. Yeah, I they, I, I was really expecting a big. A big commotion at the end of this one but yeah yeah you just make it out yeah and you do actually have to throw the crystal into an eye but it's like one eye at the end and it's just a door and then it's fine it doesn't mm-hmm. like attack you or anything oh uh, this is also <laughs> where um where the game freezes if you have dash assist on <laughs> at the at the segment where um you in the cutscene where you're breaking theo out of the his prison but not really because he's still in the crystal it the game does a dash automatically but if you have dash assist on it goes into the little oh. like pause the arrow is there but you can't move anything oh yeah so forgot to turn it off for the cutscene. yeah <clears throat> well i wasn't expecting to have to turn it off for the cutscene. no no i mean the devs not forgot to turn it off for the cutscene. yeah yeah, so I had to look uh, that up to be like, did I fuck it up or? But it turned out that it was just yeah, I can see that being a, like a known bug. They should probably fix that. Um, it's yeah. probably not that easy to fix, and it's probably like not that many players run into it. I'm guessing, which is why it's not fixed already. But yeah, 
that would be nice of them to fix for your yeah. players who are struggling. <laughs> yeah. Like me. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's the mirror temple. Um, that's where like get upset. Yeah. Battlin's like angry at you. Um, or more like you're angry at Battlin. Yeah. You're like, she's like, you'll never get rid of me. Cause this, like this temple has made me real. Um, I can do what I want. Is it, is it at the end of this chapter or the end of actually the previous chapter where you, it's actually the end of the previous chapter where you have that little sequence in the like, um, the oh, the funicular. Gondola? Yeah. The little gondola yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the, the chapter, right before this, you, there's a sequence where you and Theo get on a little, um, like one of those little ski lift type ride things that carries you up mountains. Uh, and you ride it about halfway and then it jams. And there's a sort of implication that Badalyn makes it jam. Um, and then you have a panic attack. And Theo teaches you how to like mentally focus on the idea of a feather to like control your breathing uh, and get through your panic attack. Um, which I mention only because that comes up as a mechanic later. Mm -hmm. um, and But it is actually kind of a cute in-game like mini game where you have to like press and, and depress the button at a certain speed to like keep the feather in a box um, which oh. I, they could have done more to make that actually match like a real breathing exercise yeah I, I was about to say that like I was like tapping the button to keep the so was I. Yeah. feather <laughs> leveled and I'm like this doesn't feel like a breathing <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah the, it doesn't like sync with the the speed that the box moves doesn't sync with the speed that the feather moves at when you are holding the button down or when you're letting it fall. Yeah. So you, you end up having to yeah tap and fine tune it, yeah. which doesn't feel relaxing. In a, in, a, in a game that is like purporting to actually say something somewhat meaningful about like anxiety and dealing with anxiety, um, it would be nice if they'd put like an actual like anti-anxiety measure in there instead of just making it kind of this whatever mini game. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's fine. They're not obligated to do that. Yeah. I I mean, throughout most of the game, and I obviously, as a very uh, afraid person, me, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, I I appreciate the, the messaging, but I also mostly disregarded it because uh, I, I hate to say it, but anything that... Um, comes up in a lot of games where they try to like we're gonna talk about anxiety we're gonna talk about depression it always just kind of ends up feeling really shallow yeah. Um, so yeah while i appreciate the effort made yeah and it does feel really earnest uh yeah. in in this um but i think the the same message was done a lot better in uh nikki case's game adventures with anxiety uh, which I, I was considering, I almost tweeted out like, hey, Feedback Force folks, you have actual homework now, which is play this other game also. But uh, I saw you posted that and I forgot to go back to it. Yes, yeah, I, I recommend that'll be, that can be my homework for this week. If you have not played, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, once upon a time early on in this podcast, I promised there would be homework. Um, there's homework for this one, which is Go Play Adventures with Anxiety by Nikki Case. It's like half an hour of your time. It's a very short game. Uh, Nikki Case is known for doing these like really short explorables 
which are just like tiny little almost like game sketches on different concepts. Um, and so Nikki Case's game is about um, it's it's about a person dealing with anxiety and you play as the anxiety trying to control the human to save that to protect them. Yeah. Um, and it's it's right. short. It's really has a lot of interesting stuff to say. The most interesting part for me was actually the postmortem, um, because at, at the end of the game, there's like a section that's like mental health links, but it also includes like Nikki Case's sort of story about making the game and how they sort of got to the point that they got to. And I think it's just like a really interesting look at how how one person kind of came to grips with their anxiety and learned to cope with it. And it's, it's neat. It's a neat game and I recommend it. Um, and it, it's kind of approaches a lot of the same things and themes that Celeste is approaching with this idea of like, you can't just constantly be at war with yourself. You have to like, you have to learn to kind of deal with and accept that part of who you are. Uh, mm -hmm. But it does it in a much more sort of focused and deliberate way um, that I think is, is, you know, less an afterthought in a platforming game. <laughs> yeah, I think Celeste has two problems here, and that is, like, it's it's a platformer game. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. And second is, like, like, it has to be shallow, because, like, they're not, like, professionals. Yeah. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, and it's... And, like... <sighs> Trying to provide solutions to stuff where you're not a professional doesn't seem like a good idea. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, you can put forth questions, but, like, trying to answer them is always going to feel, like, a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a difficult thing because, on one hand, like, I do appreciate uh, a willingness to discuss these kind of difficult topics. But on the other hand, yeah, kind of. Yeah, what's interesting to me is that yeah. it seems like it has two kind of conflicting themes. Um, because on the one hand, it's about like sort of anxiety and fear of like never measuring up to what you promised yourself like you would do. And like this sort of, um, you know, like learn learning to live with, with the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily like all the time. Um, but on the other hand, it's also a game about, like, not giving up and pushing yourself to your limits. And that's, mm -hmm. like, bad advice for anxiety, right? Like, yeah. don't give up. Push yourself until you get to the goal that you promised yourself, even yeah. if that goal is not realistic, is, like, not good taking care of yourself advice. Yeah. And even if you're going to hurt yourself by... Yeah, even if it hurts and to... even if you have to try a million times. Like... Yeah. And it, it, I feel like it, like it almost got to the core of it which is that anxiety really is a an overblown um like self-preservation instinct yeah that becomes more of a problem than it does a solution and it kind of got there mm -hmm. by you know showing like that that in a lot of ways Badalyn was the embodiment of that and that she was trying in her own way to help yeah but it just it ended up being a hindrance uh but then at the end it's like oh now we're gonna be best friends like yeah oh, i don't know if that really gets to the heart of the issue 
but uh. yeah so if you're someone who played celeste and you were like not 100 percent sold on the anxiety metaphor play adventures with anxiety it's it's a good game um because it's that but yeah but more thoughtful uh and more directed anyway um so that is a thing that ha- kind of has to be said with this game yeah um so you do eventually get that little like gondola thing moving again and you get to the other side and then you go into the temple. Um, and then when you, at the end of the temple, how do you, how do you fall? Badalyn makes you fall down the mountain. I forget how uh, that scene plays out. You have like a, there's a break where you just have a bunch of dialogue with Theo. Mm-hmm. And then I believe it's in a dream sequence after that. Where you, where Madeline confronts Badalyn and tries to say, like, I don't need you, I'm leaving you behind. And Badalyn then lashes out and pulls you down the mountain, mm-hmm. which then leads to the ultimate conclusion of we're going to work together and be best friends. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So Badalyn sabotages you. You fall into this, like, um, like crystal fields and waterfalls area, which is just like super gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, very spiky, lots of spikes, but very pretty mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Um, this one has the blocks with faces on it, which are like these like grumpy blocks that if you cling to them, they like try and slam in a direction. Um, and you need then... to dash into them. Oh yeah, you have to. If you dash into them, then they. How does it work? They like slam in the in the uh, direction, direction you came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they go whoa 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they they go until they reach like, so they'll break through, not fully solid walls and obstructions, but once they hit something that's like actually solid, they'll stop and sort of move backwards. Yeah, so start meandering backwards, which is uh, a mechanic riding riding the blocks mm-hmm. across spaces. They're like... just the womps from Mario, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. I mean, but you gotta activate this them. Game has a lot of stuff inspired by Mario. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. The bop. The bopping on the head feels very Mario-like too, in the way that yeah. like things fall away from you when you bop yeah. them, like the little monsters or the, the the mm-hmm. Mr. Oshiro. Um. What else is I, there's got to be some other new mechanics. Yeah, there's uh, the worst mechanic of all. Which is the feather. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I feel like that's the worst one. To me, that's not worse than the little, like, timing black blobs in the the thing. But yeah, I could see hating that. So the feather, you jump into the feather, and then all of a sudden you have, like, free control of, like, the movement. But it's, like, full 360 control. It's no longer limited to your eight directions. And it's, like, very floaty, so it can be pretty tough to control. And you basically end up having to like worm your way through spike mazes mm-hmm. while moving very quickly. Uh, yeah. And then it runs out. Yep. When when you may not be ready for it to run out. Usually they're pretty okay about like timing it, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. If you spent if you took a little if you struggled a little bit to gain control of the feather in the beginning and like accidentally went in an extra circle, then uh, you're not gonna have enough yeah. time at the end. Yeah. But it does give you your dash back at the end as well. So it's it's another way of like, you know, maneuvering you around a level 
using it's it's a little bit like the bubbles if you had full control over the bubble while you were in it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, the mirror, the the uh, the feathers are a thing. Um, and I mean, like I it's a it's a short chapter because yeah, all you yeah. do is basically like you introduce these two things and then you move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it also has. Also, wait, this chapter. It's this chapter that introduces your other dash. At the end, yeah. After at the um... very end. Okay. The boss fight. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, the um... boss fight isn't that. Yeah, there's a boss fight in this chapter, sort of. Um, in this one, you are chasing Badalyn. <laughs> um, it in each. Uh... In each level, she like is, uh, or in each screen, she's like standing at the right edge of the screen, and she's like throwing fireballs and lasers and stuff. And you have to bump into her to get her to run away further down the screen. Uh, and when you bump into her, she like pushes you backwards, so you have to account. But I think it refreshes your dash. Um, it does. So, so mm -hmm. sometimes she'll push you backwards in such a way that like if you don't dash, it pushes you into spikes. Um, so you have to use like strategically bumping into her in the right direction to get through some of these levels. And that's a fun sequence. I think like as the boss fights in this game go, that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, that might be my like favorite section from the main game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you, it's, some of the parts are pretty tricky. This, this one definitely had a segment in it where I was like, why is there not a checkpoint halfway through this? Like, there's so much, like, like fall here and then dash over here and then run into her and then fall in this other direction and then do this other dash. And I'm like, there needed to be a halfway checkpoint here. Yeah, I will say, like, this was a, a, a cool sequence. It did feel too long. Yeah. Like, I felt like I got the point uh, <laughs> several screens before it was over. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Yeah. So, so this introduces like uh, after that part, it introduces a the battle and dash, which is like a thing where you can run into her in a level, and then she will fling you upwards, um, which is different than the battle and dash in the very end, where it just becomes you get an extra dash eventually. But in mm -hmm. this one, you have to actually like hit her in midair in order to get thrown upwards. Um, which is which is cute, um, and they use it to. Is the is the end of this chapter the one where you go through like a bit of each of the previous chapters, or is that the the beginning of the next one? That's the beginning. That's the entire next one. Okay. Well, it's not the entire next well, one. The, the end no, of the no, summit yeah. is like yeah. Um, right. So yeah. So you and you and Battleline agree to like work together. You you come to the realization that you like need to come to terms with her and, um, you know, kind of get a better, um, get a better relationship with your anxiety, I guess. Uh, it's, it, they never come out and say that she's anxiety. In some ways, she seems more like pessimism than anxiety. Um, but yeah, you come to terms there, with her. There's and... also some kind of, uh, like, transgender vibes going around, I know. Interesting. I have not heard that uh, that explanation. Hmm. I guess I could see that. Um, I could see, yeah, I could see that interpretation. I'd, I'd be interested in, in reading uh, an interpretation about that. If you have any like some sources to check out, that can be more homework. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
so you agree to work with her, you get out, you go to the summit, um, which is the final climb. Uh, beginning of the summit is like a little mini version of each of the areas that you've been through already. So there's like a little city section and then like a little ruin section and then a little resort section and so on. Um, and each, it's kind of like a, hey, prove that you've mastered the mechanics that we've taught you. Um, which is, you know, that's a, that's a fine thing for a game to do on the last level. And uh, each of those sections has like a mini crystal heart. That yes. If you get all, you unlock the real crystal heart. Yeah, I found one of those sort of just by happenstance. Um, but yeah, uh, I will definitely, if I do find the rest, it will be because I looked them up. I'm not going to like spend too much time like suffering through every nook and cranny of the summit. I mean, it's not that bad. Suffering is a is a an overstatement, um, but you know, it's the end of the game. Things are getting hard. Uh, the after the the sequence where you go through like every level, then you get a permanent uh, extra jump from Battlein, where you just you can now do two air dashes, um, and then you have just like some real difficult sheer wall peaks to climb. Uh, and God damn that like number, number nine is when we have to like jump out. So it, there's flags. There's these flags that are like counting down from, I think 30 uh, to, to like how close you are to the peak. And there, it's a really cool feature because each one is a checkpoint and it like feels really good when you get to them. Um, yeah, they give you a little shower of confetti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. And you can skip them, but then you don't get that checkpoint. So you want you mm -hmm. want to hit them if you can. Um, and so there's one that's number nine where you have to jump out over a void, then jump straight up into a spike maze and navigate the spike maze entirely in the air through extra dashes because there's crystals in it that can, that can get you... Um, can get you extra dashes and it's i well, the first time i saw it i'm like this can't be on the main path this is impossible to complete this is like a frame perfect dash there's no way i can do this and eventually i i looked up a video and watched someone else do it and i'm like okay maybe if i try and like twist a little bit midair at this part i can make it and i got it eventually but god damn yeah that 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 all oh, that one almost broke me, <laughs> and I don't even think it was the one that I spent the most time on of any screen in the game. I think there were definitely screens that I had to try more times earlier on. It's just the one that felt the most impossible. Yeah, yeah. There there was definitely a lot of psychology um, around <laughs> um, specific challenges or parts of challenges mm -hmm. and uh, man a lot of it is a, a lot of it feels a lot more daunting than it usually ends up being yeah. uh, but then sometimes it's exactly as daunting as it, as it seems like <laughs> yeah it so, so you, you can't know. rest on your laurels <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, you just gotta work on it yeah. get a little bit better get a little mm -hmm. bit further yeah. a little bit more consistent 
Yeah, as I said, I see how this became a popular speed game because it's very much a game about practicing a skill over and over. Also, this level also introduces a mechanic on the B side, which is oh, yeah. the, like, I don't know, it's called wall jump, maybe, where if you dash up into a wall, you can quickly tap jump and jump off that wall. Hmm. I mean, can't you always jump off walls? Yeah, but you get, like, a little bit more speed. Okay, a little bit of an extra boost. That makes me think of the Metroid wall jumps, which makes me, like, anxious. Because <laughs> the Metroid wall jumps are the worst. Um, that's, like, that's just... That game has just, like, the worst thing that you are intended to use as a normal <laughs> standard mechanic. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, yeah, and then you get, you get up, the last few flags are easy, like, it, it starts to level out, and you just have to avoid stepping on some crystals, and at that point, I was so tense and overthinking things so hard, I definitely, like, died on the last, like, second to last flag, <laughs> like, a couple times, yeah. uh, because I was just, like, so tense and, like, not taking any chances instead of, like, letting the flow state happen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so, then you're at the top yeah and then you're at the top and you get a nice view and then you go down the mountain and you and there's uh, cake you, get, you make a pie out of your strawberries that you collected and if you collected a lot of strawberries it's a good pie and if you didn't it's a mediocre pie and my pie was mediocre <laughs> oh yeah. there's oh I didn't know it was you a did, thing <laughs> yeah, it, it it does change the dialogue at the end. I I assume you got a good pie because you uh I mean I would assume all the strawberries. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's fine. It's not like a huge punishment or anything, but I did feel a little bad. Or I'm like, you told me that the strawberries were just for swag, you lied. I can't believe that your friends wouldn't be a little more polite about your pie after everything that you've just been through. <laughs> after you after you literally risked death over and over. You literally yeah. did die over and over to get these strawberries. I could have risked death by going to the grocery store to get strawberries, damn it. <laughs> yeah. So and Try then not to buy fresh strawberries from the grocery store. Yep. Just a tip from someone who worked with fruit and berries. Oh, oh yeah. They're in pretty bad condition. That's fair. Yeah. Every I, I don't really do that anymore because I feel like every time I buy mostly just berries, they're bad within like a day. And while I absolutely can eat an entire pint of strawberries in a day. Um, oh, God, that reminds me. Probably shouldn't. Um, shouldn't yeah, definitely shouldn't. So, um <laughs> The, the, the video that I was watching casually about Celeste was um, two, two of the guys from Polygon do a little bit of a, like, streaming video. Uh, Gil and Gilbert, they call it, because, like, those are their last names. Um, <clears throat> and um, they, so they were playing Celeste, and one of them was uh, is pretty decent at the game at this point. So they had a challenge where uh, he was going to go through, like, the, the first level in the game. And every time he gets a strawberry, he eats a strawberry. 
And every time he dies, his friend has to eat a pepperoni slice. <laughs> um, and he was pretty good at the game. So the the uh, it ended up being mostly like strawberry time. But there's 20 strawberries on the first level. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was not fun times after like strawberry eight or so. So... <laughs> That's such a ridiculous premise to build a video around. It's great. Yeah. I also, they have like, they had like berry cam and Roni cam, which are like the, <laughs> the cameras that were focused on their face while they're eating. And I happen to pause it when it's on Roni cam and it's just showing the character's eyes. So every time I happen to go back to that tab, it's like one of the guys is staring eerily at me, like peeping up <laughs> over the corner of the screen. So that's hilarious. Nice. Um, but anyway, don't do that challenge. That seems like either of those is very bad for your health. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I would say this game, like, there's a lot of, like, these types of platformers. That's mm -hmm. pretty good. But what makes, I think, Celeste stand out is really, like, aesthetics and especially, like, music. Yeah. And how, like, like loud it is. I, I mean, it, I think it also, like, it feels, there's something about it that feels better. My point of comparison is VVVVVV, because that's, like, the other Massacore game that I've played. And that one I didn't really feel motivated to keep going in the same way I did for this. And I, I, I think a large part of that is this aesthetics, because it, like, feels good to get to the next screen and see new stuff. Um, part of that is that it's just, it's, the characters are more charactery. Like you actually feel some connection to Madeline and you like want to keep helping her. Whereas the, the other one's like, it's space and everyone is lost. Find the people in space. And you're like, I don't know any of these people. They're just, they're just pixel men. Um, I mean, Celeste also has like a linear approach. Yeah. Like you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the goal is very, the end goal is very clear. Like, there's a mountain, and you are getting to the top of it, and it'll be cool when you get to the top of it. You're like, yeah, all right. I mean, it's a cliche, but I'd like, it's, it's a, it's a good metaphor for a reason, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and really for a kind of game like this, I don't, I don't feel like you need a whole lot more than that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, my, my other point of reference besides VVVV, however many, um, which I played a long time ago, was um, Super Meat Boy, which I played even longer ago than that. Um, and I'm trying to think, because I remember reading about it and like Edmund McMillan said that, or maybe it was the other guy, that like the most important thing in a game like this is that you can get right back into it after you die yes. yeah. and i remember super meat boy was like super good about that like it was almost no downtime um i felt like sometimes the wait especially if you died like at the end of a screen in this one it took like a second or two yeah the fade to, to black and then fade in again then yeah um and that was a minor gripe at times but it wasn't it wasn't so bad that I got frustrated at the wait as much as I got 
mad at myself just yeah. for also, continuing like, to fucking die. The like Super Meat Boy and VVVV both feel like games that are sort of they're taunting you a little bit, or at the very least, they're like neutral about it. Whereas Celeste feels like a game that's trying to encourage you to keep going. Yeah. Which I feel like makes a huge psychological difference. I, it's like I don't this, think I agree I know with this that. Is <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. Your your mileage may vary, I guess. Like, It's like, listen, we know this is mean, and we know this is hard, but don't you want to see what's next? Don't you want to keep going? Isn't it kind of cool? And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Fine, I'll go. I do feel like at least Super Meat Boy was a little more honest about it. Where uh, the edi- or the obstacles were like literal saw blades <laughs> um, and actually dangerous things. It's like, yep, this is what you're getting into. Yeah, but I think that that would have made it this game feel way too hostile if they were yeah. clearly hostile things. Like even even the parts with like the little monster that chases you already to me felt like, ugh, this is so tense. When can I go back to the like nice windy area with like flags flapping in the breeze? Yeah, it's definitely a total difference, and that kind of stuff would have absolutely felt out of place mm. in Celeste. But in a in a game with a a different tone overall, yeah, I I uh, one I, thing that I, I appreciated that kind of humor, I guess. Mm. So yeah, no, that's fair, and th- that is absolutely Super Meat Boy's whole aesthetic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, listen, you're here for the torture, so here's the torture. Um, yeah. One thing that Super Meat Boy has that I kind of wouldn't like wouldn't have been uh really probably like had a place in celeste but i kind of would have liked is um a way to view like a heat map of where all i died on any given screen oh yeah that's true. because it's i think it's useful and and interesting information to just see like okay this is the jump that you missed like 16 times and then this jump you've only actually missed twice even though this jump feels harder Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been cool with a like assist mode with slow motion. Yeah, yeah. So you could like say like, okay, this is the part where I need to focus the most because like, or like slow it down the most because this is the part where it's actually like tripping me up. Um, yeah, that would be really cool if you could like onion skin previous attempts at the screen over your current attempt, so yeah. you can see like I'm either trying to make this jump too soon or I'm waiting a little bit too long to make this dash, something like that. Yeah, or at so the really very end, yeah, which it. I think is what, isn't that what Meat Boy does is like at the end you see all your attempts overlaid at each other or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but at the very least, just like a red dot in every place where I died, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, that I could like turn, you know, like I could hit a button and see that overlay or something. Yeah, that would be cool. It might Actually, ruin like really the... Cool. Because, like, Celeste has, like, a strong, like, alone, alone person doing, like, a big journey vibe. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that kind of gamifies it a bit. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was going to say, like, you know, it's still only you, but Badalyn is also still only you. And her presence feels important, so... Um, yeah. And it's, it doesn't like by any means like ruin the game. And if I, if I was given a choice between that and a map, I would take the map a hundred percent of the time. Um, 
but it would be like a cool feature to have. I wonder how hard it is to mod this game. <laughs> um, there was at least one other thing that I wanted to mention. Oh, we should talk about um, the, yeah, the DLCs. Um, so after you get to the summit and you get your ending, there is technically more you can do because there are DLCs. Um, there's the first one is you go to the inside the mountain to the core into like some caves. Uh, and you need to have collected at least four of the hidden crystal hearts. Uh, there's one in each level. Um, I don't know if, it, are there areas further in where you need to have collected more of the hearts to get through or no? There is. Yeah, I haven't, okay. I haven't done it, but like you, there's an area that's blocked off with like, you need to have done all the crystals and all the B sites. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's an extra challenge area. I don't know anything about like what the like thematic resonance of that is supposed to be because I did not get very far in because I only so, got my four crystal hearts like last night. <laughs> the core has two main mechanics. One is like there's a fire version and there's an ice version. Hmm. And you can like hit buttons to switch from fire to ice. Okay. And stuff behaves differently. Like there's a kind of rope thingy that hangs on the side of platforms that goes up in fire and you they're pretty much useless. You can't grab onto it in ice. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I know I remember I, the part I saw there were like lots of like fireballs and things going around the place and um, yeah. And the, the second mechanic is that you don't regain your jump yeah. after landing on the ground. Yeah, so you have to be very, very cautious about where you do and do not use your jumps. Yeah. Yeah, which that strikes me as rough. I will probably <laughs> not end up doing that section. Um, and then and then you, you mentioned this morning there's like a chapter 9 that's the farewell. Yeah, chapter 9 that starts off with like, you visiting grandma's grave Aww. and there's some implication that you weren't there for her funeral because you were dealing with some stuff and then you decide to chase the bird because you think the bird is part of grandma oh yeah we and, haven't mentioned uh, the bird the bird is like a thing that appears throughout the game that just is is on some ledges watching you and usually like flaps away when you get close it's it's not that important but yeah the bird also tutorializes the dash for you at the very very beginning yes um but anyway sorry not to interrupt carl yeah you chase after the bird and battling kind of leaves but there's like a crystal unit that gets your dash back, that can give you two dashes. <laughs> There's also a... Uh... Oh shit. What are those called? It looks like you go to space. The screenshot that you sh that you shared makes it look like you go to space. And there are giant space amoebas. But... Um, you kind of go to space, but it's also like... A weird underwater vibe. Okay. You're like... You got like a jellyfish. That you can grab onto and slowly fall. And uh, those act as the Kaizo Mario shell jumps. The, okay. Like a Super Mario World ROM hack where you like 
Okay. Throw a shell into a ball, and you bounce off of it. But now yeah, you throw I... your jellyfish, and then you dash back into it, gain height. Okay. And this this seems like once again something made for the commu- the speedrun community that wanted it to be harder. It's very much made for the speedrun community that wanted <laughs> it to be harder. Which okay, that's fine. That can be for those people and not for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch some videos of people speedrunning it, and that will be enough. And that's pretty much as far as I've caught on. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a cool game. It's not like, you know, it's not, it's not too impossible to get to the summit, at least. And uh, if you, especially if you don't care about things like strawberries... Um, and if you if it's still too hard for you, there's assist modes to help you, um, so you can do it too. And uh, yeah, it's I feel like this game is a very flow state game. So I was thinking a lot this morning about like sort of the two different kinds of like mental states that I can get really invested in games. And there's one which is called abnegation. Um, which is the game is only using like basically the subconscious part of your brain. So you can play it while you like podcast or like watch TV or do something else. And it's just like, it's there to take away some background noise for you. Um, or give you more background noise, depending on how you look at it. Uh, and the other one is flow, which has the same kind of like immersion, sort of you're not thinking too consciously about it except that it has 100% of your focus. Um, and you are, you, you like, your brain is just fully immersed into the game. Um, and I feel like this is a very flow game where I, I would feel like when I, when I was at my best, when I was really doing well, I would just be in a state of like total Zen and like oneness with the game. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. There are not that many games that like make me feel that way. Um, so it's nice, and it's not—it's not the feeling I was expecting to get from a game this hard. Because normally that's like just a very frustrating experience. But it was pretty mm-hmm. cool that I felt like I was, you know, at, at at times, especially especially when I went back yesterday and played some of the earlier levels that I was like way too good for at that point. I'm like, oh. This feels nice, just like the Zen of the movement is really good. Yeah, I, yeah, the the flow state thing really, I um, I struggled to reach it, but I found that when I just said, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna try to get through this, and didn't think too much about it, was what I was the most successful on. Yeah, more difficult parts, like after you figure out what what specifically you're supposed to do then it's just a matter of doing it yeah and letting letting the just doing it part take over and not overthinking the level Mm -hmm. is where you do the is where like yeah it really sets in and you you start to do better yeah yeah so that's actually one thing that this game is really good about it's really good at telegraphing like what needs to be done Mm -hmm. it's rare that you're like i don't know what to do most of the time. There are a few things where I think it's like intentionally trying to be puzzly, 
where it's like, hmm, can you figure out how you're supposed to get through this? And they like put a couple red herrings in the level intentionally to try and mislead you. Um, but it's certainly never vague because it's like because they they failed to cue something. I, it feels like if it's ever hard to tell what's going on, it's because they're intentionally trying to make it hard to tell what's going on. It's never an accident. Yeah. Um, which kudos to them. Like it, queuing, like where and how things are supposed to go is a super important part of a game like this. And so, uh, you know, good job. It's a good game. There's a reason that it has become like a, a super indie darling and everyone's very into it. <laughs> um, it's a game that had been like recommended to me a lot and people had been telling me that I should play. So I'm glad I finally got around to playing it. I, whether yeah. I go back to do those last few strawberries is is a little up in the air, but like I appreciate why people like it now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, all right. Any any other final thoughts? Nope. nope. All right. So that's Celeste. Uh, so your homework is to go play uh, Adventures in with Anxiety um, by Nikki Case. Uh, but that's not the next actual game we're playing. Uh, the yep. next actual game we're playing uh, is Elsinore by Golden Glitch Studios, um, which is, I sort of, I have a vague connection to the devs of, because, like, the the artist is, like, a, a friend of a friend um, who is also, he was also the art director on Outer Wilds. Um, so I've, like, you know, I've had dinner like once with a couple of the other devs and um, just sort of <laughs> gotten to know a few of these people. And it's a, it's a time loop game about Hamlet uh, where you play as Ophelia. <laughs> so I'm, I'm super curious about it. I want to see what the deal is. Um, yeah. So we're going to try, we've been meaning to play this for a while. It came out like quite a bit ago um, and we just didn't want to play it too close to outer wild since we didn't want to have two time loop games right next to each other. Um, yeah. So now it's been long enough that we're going to uh, to take a crack at it. I should probably actually read Hamlet. Also, <laughs> that's one of the ones that I haven't. Or watch the the like Kenneth Branagh version or whatever it is. Yeah, that or that might be Lion a little King. easier. Well, like, I forget that that's just basically just the Lion King. But people yeah. say that, but there's a like there's enough differences uh, between Hamlet and the Lion King that I don't think it's fair to say you've read the Lion. You've people, when people told me that the first time I'm like, Oh yeah, it is. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, eh, no, not really. <laughs> okay. It definitely is, but I well, wouldn't you, say I mean, you can like say you're read Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. It, it involves like a coup by an evil uncle killing someone's father and it's in some ways about hesitation. And that's about the similarities. <laughs> that's like broad strokes similar. In the same way that The Lion King 2 is about Romeo and Juliet. Because it's about two people who come from opposite sides. Um, but it's not exactly an adaptation. <laughs> it's a sequel. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Eventually everyone from Hamlet was reincarnated as lions. And the except Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who were reincarnated as a meerkat and a warthog. And uh, that's that's the Lion King. Now you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yes. Hamlet is long. Um, so I have a friend who I've been watching um, The Untamed with, and she's also been reading Hamlet right now. 
And like one of the first things she said to me is like, is it weird that I like really ship Hamlet and Horatio? I'm like, no, listen, <laughs> listen. Every Slash fan who reads Hamlet goes, it's weird that they're so slashy. Why is that there? Why is this not more of a thing that people talk about? Now I really got to read Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> and to some extent, it's one of those sort of more old timey things where it's just like, you know, it was it was more acceptable for men to be affectionate then because yeah. we didn't have as much weird toxic masculinity stuff. Um, but also some of it is like, huh, okay. Which is why if I ever do a modern adaptation of Hamlet, they're totally going to be a couple. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, play Elsinore. <laughs> Elsinore is the next game we're going to play. Uh, how long to beat says 20 hours, but it's also only got two playthroughs and they're both completionist. So we'll see if we end up needing an extra third week to play it or not. Yeah. Um, if we do, uh, we'll let you know. And we'll let you know on Twitter. Uh, so Kelso, what Twitter account should they follow to find out about that? Yes, you can find out about that by following at Feedback Force, which is the podcast Twitter. Uh, and if you don't want to find out about anything at all, you can follow me at, at Kelso Time Bomb. Um, and if you would like to find out about uh, Wintermore uh, and when it's releasing, which is my game, um, you can follow me at Kyla underscore go, or you can follow the official Wintermore Twitter uh, at Wintermore TC. And you can follow me at Skunker3 on the Twitters. Will you be posting um, homework nope. about the trans, the trans interpretations of Celeste? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Find it. Because if you find it, I've, I'm like super curious to read it. Yeah, I, I, I googled it briefly, um, and I did see some, some writing about it. So. Nice. It's um, okay. definitely out there, and it's definitely not hard to find. So, yeah. So, play Elsinore, and uh, we'll see you hopefully in two weeks. Yeah, play Elsinore and um, Adventures with Anxiety. Yes, do play that. Yeah. Uh, and adventure again, Adventures with Anxiety, it's like a half-hour game. Um, it's not going to take much of your time. It's not really much of an investment, and it's kind of a cool thing. If you like it, you can check out some of uh, Nikki Case's other games. Like, I know a popular one is The Evolution of Trust, which is about how, like... Um, the, the sort of game mechanics of, like, the sort of game theory, basically, of, um, like, when people trust each other and when it is advantageous to be trustful and what situations make it disadvantageous to be trustful. And it's it's some really interesting stuff. I think they also do a lot of, um, like, math-related uh, little explorables and stuff. Some cool stuff. Anyway, I said stuff too much. Let's, let's end fine. the podcast. <laughs> That's fine. We it's the end of the podcast. We have run out of words. So we'll just yep. say stuff a lot. Yep. Yeah. We we yeah. used up all the words. Um so now you have to go away so we can have two weeks to collect more. Yep. That's how it works. Yep. All right. See you then. Cool. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.